to Solely a Podcast. I'm your host, Carmen. I am so excited for you to hear today's conversation with our guest, Aspen Hazel. Get comfortable as we dive into the importance of mental health, how to find the perfect counselor, and how the heck do we keep mentally healthy during 2020. Please give Aspen a huge welcome on this episode of Solely. Aspen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> so I think we're going to probably talk about mental health. Um, yes. Is that what you had planned? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely what I had planned. Good, good. So tell us about you. Yeah. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Why do you do what you do? Why do you love it? Maybe not why it's hard sometimes, but just why do you do? What do you do? Yeah. So I am a mental health counselor and um, I got my master's of arts um, degree in clinical mental health counseling. It's really long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that kind of surprised me actually. Growing up, I thought I would go into business. My dad is a mastermind of business. Um, and I, I used to do things for fun as a kid, like paperwork. I was that weird kid that liked paperwork. (laughs) Um, I would write like wills and contracts and things like for fun. So I always thought I'd go into business. Um, and right around middle school, high school started noticing I would go out, um, into public and people would tell me their whole life story and I'd be like, um, (laughs) Don't really know how to answer you, yeah. but thanks for sharing. And so um, just after much seeking and praying and different things, um, kind of felt like that was the route God was leading me to. And so I got my bachelor's of arts in psychology mm-hmm. with a minor in women and ethnic studies, because that's also something I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I kind of wanted to take a break after my bachelor's because I did that really fast. I did it in three years. Girl, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm crazy. (laughs) Um, But, you know, young, might as well live it up now. So When you think you could do everything. but Yeah, you really can't. (laughs) I was struggling. Um, And so I took about a year off from uh, school. And Mm -hmm. when I was thinking about going back to get my master's, um, every time I would think about going to CCU where I went – I would get a phone call from, like, their advisor. It was, like, the weirdest thing. Like, I'd be showering, (laughs) singing in the shower. I'd think, oh, maybe I should get my master's, get out the shower, and someone's calling me from CCU. Hello, this is your future speaking. (laughs) I know. It was literally, like, a call several times. So um, after looking into the program and just doing some searching and seeking and praying, felt like that was something I was supposed to do. So I've mm-hmm. uh, been counseling for a few years now and um, working towards full licensure, which I'm sure you most people don't know what that means. <laughs> um, and the counseling world is kind of interesting how we do licensing and mm-hmm. things. Um, I am registered with the state. I'm a national certified counselor mm-hmm. um, and I'm considered an LPCC, which is a licensed professional counselor candidate it's a mouthful (laughs) yep so we just say lpcc for short um and so working towards licensure which is a two-year process after Mm -hmm. you graduate with your master's so that's kind of where i'm at now um and part of why i do what i do is um i remember growing up i would always feel like when i looked around you know in public spaces 
I would see depression on people's faces, sadness, or just that they were struggling with hard things and would always want to figure out how to help them, um, walk them through it. One of the biggest things for me is self-esteem. I do a lot of self-image work with my clients um, because you'll be surprised how many people who are even successful have really bad self-images of themselves. Um, So that's part of why I do what I do. I feel like I was given the gift of empathy. um, And I really, really feel on a deep, deep, deep level. (laughs) Um, And so in some ways, I can put on other people's Mm -hmm. emotions. um, And I feel like that can be really helpful when it comes to Mm -hmm. counseling. Even if I've never experienced what they experienced, um, I might be able to experience the emotion with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of why I love it is, You know, it's not always easy, but when you connect with clients who have been through so much and you just see Mm -hmm. the freedom that comes from them being able to share their story, share their life with you, be vulnerable and open and honest and come to a point of self-awareness where Mm -hmm. they work me out of a job. That's my Mm -hmm. goal is to work myself out of a job with people. Um, And so that looks like increasing their Mm self-awareness and it's part of why I love what I do um another part is just being with people I Mm -hmm. think I've always just loved being around people and learning their stories and hearing their heart and um getting paid to do that is an honor so (laughs) (laughs) being paid to hang out with people yeah I mean we say at our practice like we're paid friends and I know that can sound weird but um, if you need a paid friend, <laughs> we're there for you. But I think it's important that we have, um, people mm-hmm. in our lives who we can trust and be open and honest with. So mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know all that. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. So one of the reasons why I wanted you here, invite you to the podcast is we were talking offline, like it's a hard time right now. Mm-hmm. And mental health, I think is the most important thing ever mm-hmm. right now. And I think, I mean, we've seen the momentum happen in the last um, couple of years of like, yeah. take care of your mental health, self care. Mm-hmm. Um, like go, go to someone who isn't part of your family, who isn't your friend to talk things out, a mm-hmm. professional who can actually help you sift through your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think mental health is so important right now? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good question. Um, You know, obviously I am biased because I'm in the field, Mm -hmm. but I will say part of why um, I do what I do as well is because I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I have my own counselor Mm -hmm. um, because I think every counselor should have a counselor. Yes, absolutely. Um, Because we are people, we are Mm -hmm. human. And I always tell my clients, there's nothing really special about me. There's nothing that's Really, I'm not the expert Mm -hmm. of your life. I'm never going to be the expert of your life. But I might be the one person in your life who listens without Mm -hmm. judgment. Mm -hmm. And that might be life-changing. And so I think mental health is so important because, um, you know, a lot of times in our society, in our culture, we put so much emphasis on the body. And while I think the body is important, Mm -hmm. um, I think the mind is just as important. For sure, yeah. And... Um, you know, one of the analogies I use is like, okay, have you ever broken a bone, Carmen? 
No. No? Okay, Mm -hmm. me either. So I don't know what it's like to break a bone, but what I've heard is it's really painful. (laughs) Um, And so I've asked people, like, okay, so when you break a bone, what do you do? Like, what happens? And they say, well, I typically go straight to the ER. Mm -hmm. They run an x-ray, give me some pain meds, um, might cast me up if I need it, um, send me to rehab, you know, once Mm -hmm. I'm strong and able. And um, there's a whole process. And Mm -hmm. I said, you know, just like when you break a bone, your mind has moments where things get caught up, traumas, little traumas, big traumas, and I can talk about what that means, but um, memories or negative circumstances or even positive things that maybe you don't know how to navigate or adjust to happen. Um, And sometimes you need some rehab. You need the ability to fix things or restructure things or process things. Um, and I think I saw a stat recently that said on average, it takes someone about 10 years to seek mental health care. Um, so can you, after trauma, after trauma, can you imagine like if you broke your bone and you didn't go to the doctor for 10 years? years. Yeah. Like, and I think people think, well, it's my mind, it's my emotions. I can shove them down. I can put them aside and worry about them later. But I always say like, it's just like if you shove dust under a rug, eventually it's going to start coming out, right? And mm-hmm. in different ways than you were expecting. And so yeah. that's why I think mental health is so important. Um, it's so misunderstood. It's mm-hmm. so stigmatized as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that sometimes the emotional tolls we take on are just as important as the physical ones. So, So what does it look like to be mentally healthy? Because I think I'm always asking myself that. I'm like, am I healthy? Because it's not like, like you said, it's not like the body. The Mm -hmm. body, you can feel when you're coming down with something. You could tell when something hurts. Mm -hmm. But if you've been shoving things down emotionally or like mentally, how do you know if you are healthy? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I come from a place of, I'm a counselor and I can't say I'm 100% mentally healthy Mm -hmm. um, because I think in my profession it's easy to let things weigh on you, especially as an empath. But Mm -hmm. um, I kind of go to scripture, I guess, with that analogy Mm -hmm. of like what kind of fruit are you bearing Mm -hmm. Um, and in every area of your life. I do believe that um, if your mind is unhealthy, it can reflect itself in the body. I've seen that happen where someone struggles with unforgiveness and they get stomach aches all of the time. Um, So I think sometimes you'll see those things in the body. Um, Or like people with anxiety, you know, like it manifests physically. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. you'll see some manifestations for sure in the physical. Um, I think mental health and healthiness Mm -hmm. um, can look a lot of different ways. I think personally, like my view of it would be Um, do you care more about what people think about you or more about, I know (laughs) guilty. Um, (laughs) do you care more about what people think about you or are you content in who you are and not content in a way of like, I'm good. Like everything's good. Like tricking yourself into contentment, Mm -hmm. but truly like someone says a negative thing about you and it doesn't bother you because Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't reflect who you are. Yeah. I think there's a level of understanding your identity that Mm -hmm. makes you mentally healthy. Um, I think about your thoughts. Are you meditating on negative thoughts Mm -hmm. or positive thoughts? 
um, and truly believing them, not just, you know, doing it just to do it, but actually like, I believe this about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you could, would you be able to pitch yourself to a CEO and be like, this is who I am and be able to stand? Oh my gosh, throwback when I emailed a CEO last year. (laughs) Oh no. When I was unemployed. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I was like, hi, I need a job, hire me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you kind of, in some ways you feel like you have to fake it till you make Mm -hmm. it. But I think, you know, would you be able to pitch yourself to the CEO and be like, I stand behind this. This is Mm -hmm. actually how I am. And there will be no inconsistencies. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so I think there's several different ways to answer that question. of Because it is so personal too, right? Depending Mm -hmm. on who you are and what Mm -hmm. you have struggled. Yeah. You kind of, you should know Mm -hmm. what feels healthy. You should. You should. However... Um, there was a study recently done on self-awareness mm-hmm. and most of the world, the population thinks they're more self-aware than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a fascinating concept because in my mind, I'm a very self-aware person. Um, but I believe that there's even blind spots there. So yeah. one of the things I would say to people too, is like, are you accountable to your mental health? Like, oh. do you have people who you trust in your life? Who could say, hey, Carmen, actually, that doesn't reflect who I know you to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, hey, like you say you're this way, but actually what you did in this instance didn't show that. So Mm -hmm. where did the inconsistency happen? Because I think part of mental health is thinking of like, I don't know everything there is to know about my body. Mm -hmm. So I go to a doctor Mm -hmm. when I feel like, hey, something's off, right? Um, and so they can, you know, create scans and things to reflect what's going on under the surface. And I feel like with counselors, we do the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, um, this is an area in your life where I think you should pay more attention. Um, Mm -hmm. this is a a blind spot or, Hey, there's a little fracture here. Mm -hmm. You think that you're being this way, but you're actually being this way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think, being mentally healthy looks like having those conversations with people you trust or a counselor. That's a great segue because I want to ask you, like, what does it look like to be canceled and what is it not? Because yeah. I think, like you said before, it's stigmatized mm-hmm. to get help. Mm-hmm. But what is it not and what does it actually look like? Yeah. Well, I think there's so many different kinds of counselors out there. Mm-hmm. And so I know from because even you studied clinical um, psychology, like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I took psych 101 or whatever. Yeah. Like I know <laughs> some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know like clinical psychology is different than like family psychology. Somewhat, uh, somewhat. So like um, for me, I do all kinds of counseling. I do families, couples, individuals, um, teenagers all over the lifespan, honestly, from eight all the way up to, I think my oldest client is 60. Um, so all over the span, the lens is clinical. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I add in other lenses. And so under psychology, there's different forms of therapy, mm-hmm. um, whether that be cognitive behavioral or solution focused brief therapy or gestalt or. Oh my gosh, this is literally throwback to my one <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. Um, there's so many different ways 
that mm-hmm. counselors can exude themselves. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with personality and perspective mm-hmm. and worldview. Yeah. Um, but as far as what does it feel like to be counseled? So that's also a part of why I still see a counselor as mm-hmm. a counselor, because I think sometimes counselors forget what it's like to be counseled. What's it mm-hmm. like to bear your soul to someone yeah. on the other side and then be met with a clinical response. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do everything in my power, my kind of worldview and therapeutic orientation is what we call it, mm-hmm. um, is not to be the expert in anybody's world. Um, I don't think that I'm all-knowing in any way. I don't think that because of my degree that makes me mm-hmm. be able to speak into everything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's beauty and power in shared experiences and vulnerability and honesty mm-hmm. and humility. Mm-hmm. Um And so what it can feel like is sometimes it can feel like having a conversation with a friend. Other times it can feel like receiving um, wisdom and not advice because as counselors, we're not supposed to give advice, but interesting. Yes. um, But we are able to kind of share nuggets of wisdom or resources Um, sometimes I feel like I'm a resource. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if a client's struggling with something, um, I might say, Hey, check out this video or watch this or listen to this or, um, point them Mm -hmm. in the direction of the resources that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, I think being counseled can feel like super vulnerable, super exposing, Mm -hmm. especially if you're the kind of person who's not used to bearing your soul to really anybody. Um, for a lot of people, it's actually pretty surprising for them how much they realized was under the surface that they hadn't paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen that reaction. And I know within myself, um, as a counselor, knowing the counseling profession can be, be easy to duck and dodge. Oh my gosh. Um, because I'm like, I know the tricks here. Like, I know how you're going to try to trap me. It reminds me of uh, Bernie Brown's uh, story when she goes to her counselor. She's like, no family crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me what's Yes. Wrong. Love Brene Brown. She's amazing. She has a great talk on empathy as a side note. But, um, yes, it's very much that way. And so, um, we all have certain defense mechanisms so i have clients who when we talk about really uncomfortable stuff they laugh that's Um, me (laughs) that's you (laughs) that would be me yeah 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 and i do that sometimes and then i catch myself and i'm like that wasn't actually that funny like i just talked about something really intense everyone's you know about chandler and friends when he's like hi i make jokes when i'm uncomfortable (laughs) yeah yeah it's literally like that and so as um as I see those it kind of makes me chuckle as a counselor because I'm like I know exactly what that's <laughs> like um I think other defense mechanisms can look like defensiveness or the one that gets me is the intellects who try to lose you with the intellectual conversation Michael if you're listening <laughs> that is you <laughs> yeah and, and look like I validate everyone and mm-hmm. how they feel with that um but it's it's just interesting because you can just mm-hmm. see those personalities trying to come logic through. your way out of your emotions. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. there sometimes it's it's not even intentional. It's so yeah. subconscious. Um, and so what I do as a counselor is like I I lean in and I listen and I can hang typically with the conversation, um, and then I lean in and just say, hey, so. I notice when I ask you about something really uncomfortable, you start to tell me the logical thing. What's the feeling? And I oh think a lot of people don't know the difference between thinking and feeling. Um, like when you ask the question, how do you feel today? A lot of people use 
thinking words instead of feeling words. And so I try to bring that self-awareness and say, hey, you're actually using a thinking word. What is what are you feeling? What do you feel in the core of your chest? Do you feel something in your stomach? Like, do you, when, did you feel something, not think something? Did you feel something? And so um, I think I answered your question about what does it look like to be counseled, but. Yeah, and like you, you said like it's not going to someone to get advice, mm-hmm. which I think is super valuable because you, and it, I'm guessing it's not the, so how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, <laughs> I hate that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and I think um, it's coming to a point of, self-awareness that's my goal as a counselor I want people to be self-aware on their own and not needing me Mm -hmm. to pull that out of them Um, and so counseling can look that way counseling does not look like you laying down on a a couch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and me showing you ink block (laughs) tests like what do you see in this like it's not Mm -hmm. the stereotypical of what you see Mm -hmm. um I tell my clients, bring a coffee, bring a snack, like let this be a chill environment. Let this be conversational. The other word I use is collaborative. Mm -hmm. I believe if you want to get something out of counseling, you have to put in work and it's not just the counselor putting in work. Um, And so this is a collaboration. This is a partnership. This is not a one way. Let me tell you what to do as a counselor. And this is not a one way. Okay, I'm just going to vent everything so that you can't talk. I think Mm -hmm. it's a conversation um, and it goes both ways and it's experiential. So Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing with you Mm -hmm. as you share what you're going through and what you're struggling with and what you're thinking about or feeling or whatever it may be. Um, we can talk about shallow things and we can talk about deep things. Mm-hmm. There's sessions where clients come in and they're like, I can't talk about the hard stuff today. Can we talk about my day? And I'm like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you like to do for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, typically in my sessions, we start off, um, in the very beginning with doing assessments like mm-hmm. Enneagram for all my people who love mm-hmm. Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and mm-hmm. attachment style, because I believe it's really hard to get a good foundation and a good relationship with a client if you don't know much about them. Um, And it makes it easier for them to share when I know, okay, you're a type two or you're type eight. And so Mm -hmm. when we talk about hard stuff, these are the things I might see happen. Um, And so that's a goal of mine as a counselor as well. I love that you said that it should, that it, that it's hard, Mm -hmm. that it's work because Mm -hmm. I think that's something that when I was talking to, my friend that I was talking about, she's been going to therapy for a while. And I was like, can you tell me what it's like? I've never been. I want to mm-hmm. be prepared for my conversation with Aspen. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's hard. Like you talk about things you don't normally talk about every day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and it, she said, people are surprised that it's a lot of work on you, not the counselor. Mm-hmm. And that really shocked me, which yeah. it's like, I knew, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I almost, uh, I talk about this with my clients. Um, I think we live in a consumer society mm. and we're so used to when we receive a service, you're doing something for me. Yeah. Um, and I tell all of my clients, counseling is an active mm-hmm. and a creative process. And you might feel emotions that are very difficult mm-hmm. and very hard, but I'm partnering with you in those emotions mm-hmm 
This is not about me working the hardest. This is about you experiencing true freedom in whatever area you need. Um, and I want to partner with you, but sometimes it's going to be hard. Yeah. Other times it's going to be lighthearted. Other times it's going to feel natural. Some sessions might be awkward. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's pretty much an array of things you can yeah. feel. Um, but I always tell my clients, don't give up when it's hard. Cause that's when a lot of people give up when they start to feel the emotions again, that may have been mm-hmm. dormant. They give up and they're like, counseling isn't working because I'm feeling worse. And I, I always go back to my mm-hmm. analogy with an injury. Typically you feel worse before you feel better. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling worse, that's when we need to lean in. That's when you and I need to press in. And sometimes that takes a year. Sometimes that takes a few months. I've had clients where it didn't get hard until a year because they finally felt comfortable sharing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is I can't read your mind as a counselor. <laughs> I'm thankful for that, actually, because I think that would drive me crazy. Um, I can't read your mind. I haven't been in your life your whole life. Mm-hmm. I don't have context for every oh. memory, every situation. Yeah. Um, I need more than six sessions to be able to really establish a good mm-hmm. relationship, to learn you, to um, walk with you. And a lot of people are like, well, I have a time limit. I can only do six sessions and that's it. And, and I get that for some people. But I think the thing to keep in mind is, let's say you're 25 and you walk into my office. There's no that's way. I, that's you? I'm 25, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even realize you were 25. Um, there's no way I could capture yeah. your life mm-hmm. in six sessions Mm -hmm. that's impossible we're Mm -hmm. too dynamic as Mm -hmm. people and so I think patience is so needed for counselors and the process and if you're not a patient person you probably shouldn't be in counseling um (laughs) because it's a it's for some people it's a very long-term thing um it's Mm -hmm. a commitment and if you're not in that space and you don't want to work hard it's not going to work mm-hmm no, that's so good because I was going to ask, like, who should go to counseling? And I love how you're like, if you're not patient, then maybe you should try it, but no, that's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. I I love what you said about, like, you don't have context to people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious, but I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Because it's so true. Yeah. 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 And that's why I do the assessments that I do because... Yeah. Like I said, there's no way I can really know you and the ins and outs of who you are in a couple sessions. And I consider it a privilege and an honor when a client feels open to share those things with me. Mm -hmm. I don't take it lightly. But the biggest thing I say in counseling that is so helpful is communication and feedback. Mm -hmm. So I tell my clients, if you don't like something I said, you have every right to tell me. If you don't like something we did, you have every right to tell me because this is your journey and your experience. And I don't want you to walk away thinking, oh, well, even my counselor couldn't understand who I was. So who, what makes me think anybody else will? Mm. Um, yeah. I want you to walk away saying, wow, my counselor was able to like shift this in our session because I gave them feedback. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, as counselors, we should be modeling behavior. Mm-hmm modeling communication and so if you don't like something you should be able to tell somebody I mean it's really that simple and I tell my clients don't be afraid to hurt my feelings like Mm -hmm. if you don't like something I said I'm a human being I'm gonna mess up I'm probably Mm -hmm. gonna say something that hurts you um please tell me 
and we'll work through that together and we'll explore it. And, mm-hmm. you know, even as a counselor, there's days where I'm not on. I'm, I know, like, I have so much going on. And when I know that, I either reschedule my clients because I want to give them the best care that they deserve or I tell them, hey, you know what? I want to give you as much of my attention today, but I'm a little split in my attention. So please forgive me if I look like I'm not paying attention because your life matters to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's so many avenues and aspects of being a counselor, but I think a lot of this stems from being a client, remembering yeah. like what it feels like to be a client. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really courageous to tell your clients, like, just tell me, because mm-hmm. I think that's something you can take outside of the practice or mm-hmm. like where you got canceled, because mm-hmm. then you have courage to tell your friends like, hey, I'm not OK with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like it just gives you more freedom to speak up when mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. You just didn't think you could. Yeah. It's awesome. I, mean, I think it gives you the ability to create boundaries mm-hmm. when there's someone speaking into your life who you don't think mm-hmm. should be speaking into your life. Mm-hmm. It gives yeah. you the boundaries and the ability to say, hey, I appreciate your care for me. However, that's not working or mm-hmm. what you said is not a response I would have liked to hear in that moment. Um And I want to be better at this, you know, because a a lot of us don't want to hurt each other's feelings. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to be honest with people and say, hey, I don't actually like the way you said that. That really bothered me and have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, not everybody's going to be receptive to that communication, but I'm only responsible for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have to do my part in that. So Mm -hmm. I think clients Mm -hmm. should absolutely feel um, the safety to express any emotion, any thought, any feeling in that space. So I try to do my best to create that for them. Do you think everybody should see a counselor? I think everybody should try it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like everyone should at least try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't like a counselor, find another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once you find a counselor who you vibe with like mm-hmm. what should you look for in a counselor so I think the thing I know I looked for is someone who is African-American that's a huge thing for me oh um, you can't see Aston Vish she is <laughs> I'm black she's back <laughs> I'm black um I actually just did my 23 in me and I'm so many things which blows my mind but I am majority black um <laughs> And so that's so important to me Mm -hmm. because as we've seen a lot of racial issues in the nation, Mm -hmm. it's important to have someone who understands that struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, So culturally, I think some similarities are important, but not required. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have any kind of religious beliefs, um, I think finding a counselor who aligns with that, Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't see a counselor who does or does or does whatever the word is mm-hmm. align with your spiritual beliefs. But I think if that's something that's really important to you, then you yeah. should absolutely do that. Um, gender surprisingly mm-hmm. is, is a huge thing in the counseling world. Mm-hmm. There's obviously way more female counselors than there are male counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you don't care about gender, great. But if you do, mm-hmm. um, that's something you mm-hmm. can look for. Um, I think some other things to look for is, um, how do they receive feedback? Um, what's their style, their theoretical mm-hmm. orientation? Are they more likely to hog the session or are they more mm-hmm. likely to listen? 
Um, Will they challenge you? Will they not challenge you? Will they hold you accountable? Will they not do that? Um, Ultimately, do they have your best interest in mind? Um, And I I genuinely believe most counselors are that way. They have your best interest in mind. Are they um, communicative? Or do you feel like you're having to chase after them Mm -hmm. and also with that realize that you're not their only client and I think some of my clients think I'm they're my only client but I'm like I've got 40 more of you guys so (laughs) it's hard to wow you know yeah yeah get to everybody on time and I try I really do um (laughs) but that's not always the case so I think those are some of the things to look forward to and look um for in a counselor um do you just sit in session? Do you do activities? You know, how do they incorporate different um, activities into counseling? Like, do they draw or do they have music included? Or are there elements that fit your personality that you yeah. um, would enjoy? And so um, I know for me, as a counselor, there are certain clients who come into my office and I'm like, dang it, I wish we would have met in the grocery store because we would be best (laughs) friends, right? Because I think there's that human connection that you can't ignore sometimes that Mm -hmm. just happens. And when you find a good counselor, you don't want to lose that counselor. Um, When you vibe with a counselor, when you feel like you're completely seen and understood, Mm -hmm. you don't want to lose that. And as a a counselor, I don't want to lose the client. I'm like, we can be counselor and clients forever because (laughs) you are awesome, right? Um, And so I think those are some things to consider when Mm -hmm. you're looking for a counselor. I think what's really awesome, everything you named, like, like looking for someone, like for example, for you, having a black counselor is important and I think that goes with like filling in the gap of context Mm -hmm. how you said like they haven't been with me my entire life so if I could match as many things as possible Mm -hmm. I what I'm taking from it is give your counselor as much context as possible yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good way to look at it for sure I think it is important to match those things and then if you are a person who wants to just grow Mm -hmm. and be challenged and you don't really care about those things, explore. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you're more comfortable with women generally, but you want to get comfortable with men, like maybe go see a a male counselor, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I think it's important to consider those things. I think it's important to remember when I'm triggered in any kind of emotional setting, what kind of person do I want to be there? And I think it's good yeah. to ask yourself that question. What kind of person will I be able to be honest with? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if a, if a client comes in and I'm noticing they're kind of lying to me, they're not mm-hmm. being completely honest, I kind of challenge and push back and say, hey, if you're already feeling like you can't be honest with mm-hmm. me, maybe we're not a good fit. Maybe yeah. you should look for someone else who you would feel comfortable with. And from mm-hmm. the counselor perspective, one of the questions I ask from the very get-go, is how do you feel having a black woman as your counselor? Because Mm -hmm. I think it's just as important for my clients Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable in my setting as I do in my own counseling Mm -hmm. setting. Um, And I've had people have an array of responses (laughs) to that, but I I want that honesty um, because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. One of the biggest questions I get from 
uh, clients is like, are you a Christian? And, you know, because of regulations, like I can't just come out and tell people I'm a Christian Mm -hmm. as a counselor. And so I love when they ask that question because I'm like, now I can tell you because you asked Mm me. Um, And yes, I do incorporate spiritual principles into counseling, um, but I couldn't come out and tell you that because Mm -hmm. I would get in a lot of trouble. Um, And so I think that it's important to have those communications. Um, Sometimes I sit down and I ask my clients like, hey, you have any questions for me? And I've got an array of questions. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in this? Um, How did you become a counselor? What is your style? Tell me about like, you know, what's your favorite thing about being a counselor? And I, I love those sessions because it really helps me understand what they're looking for. Yeah. And I'll say, hey, are you looking for anything in particular in a counselor? And do you feel like um, I could meet that for you? And it, mm-hmm. it provides a very open environment. Mm-hmm. So, How do you know if you need a counselor? How do you know if you need a counselor? I think, like, the question everyone wants to know. Yeah. Well, like I said before, I think everyone should at least try Try it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the ways I know I need a counselor is when I'm not getting the fulfillment from any of my relationships Mm. um, that I need. And that relates to like the depth. I have amazing friends who can go deep with me, but sometimes um, they have their own things going on. And I don't necessarily want to burden them or make them feel like they have to solve my problems. And a counselor is not going to solve my problems. Um, But at least can walk through things with me on a deeper scale than maybe some of my friends. Um, You might need a counselor if you're having conflict, a lot of conflict in your life, a lot of relational issues. If you're having anxiety, depression. I mean, if you're having a lot of panic attacks, if you're... um, if you have low self-esteem, I mean, there's so many reasons you mm-hmm. could need a counselor to help you work on it. If you have goals in life that you want to mm-hmm. meet, even positive goals, but you just don't know how to get there, what steps to take, I think mm-hmm. going to see a counselor is yeah. helpful. Um, there's so many reasons <laughs> to see a counselor. So just try it. Basically. Just try it. Yeah, 100%. Try it. I know it's not for everybody. Some people don't feel comfortable sharing their emotions, but even still, I would still try it. And maybe Mm -hmm. you'll be surprised by the counselor you find Mm -hmm. um, who might be okay with you not sharing all of their emotions or they might pull it out of you in a way that you don't realize. Mm -hmm. Um, But just try it. This question was submitted by my friend. Okay. How do you know it's time to break up with your counselor? <laughs> or break like, up. Or not just break up, but like, how do you know, like, oh, it's time to not see a counselor or at least to like maybe not go as frequently or mm-hmm. I don't know how that would shift. Well, I think as a general rule, most people going back to self-awareness assume they're doing better than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, when things start to become positive, the assumption is, oh, counseling's working, so I don't need it as much. Mm -hmm. And then a hard circumstance happens, and they're like, I don't know what to do. I need to go back to counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I I ask people to examine themselves. Like, obviously, you 
um, can go back to a place where you don't need a counselor. Mm -hmm. But I think at some point you have to ask yourself, do I have enough coping skills and knowledge and resources Mm -hmm. to be able to handle the issues I may face on my own Mm -hmm. Um, or with a different kind of support system? The other thing I say is, Um, you don't necessarily have to break up with your counselor. You can sometimes take pauses, but I think communicating that to your counselor is important. I think of seasons, like some seasons of life are more strenuous. Like right now the holidays are coming up, the elections are Mm -hmm. coming up, people are going to be potentially, um, depending on their COVID beliefs, around more family, and that might Mm -hmm. trigger more emotions. I would highly encourage having Mm -hmm. a counselor to see um, versus in the spring, you may not be, um, work might be slow. You may not be seeing your family. So maybe you could do, uh, good with once a month or every other week or something like that. But I think what I kind of tell my clients is hold all of that with a grain of salt and know that at any point, if you need to see me again, you can, Mm -hmm. we don't have to say goodbye now. You can always come back. Mm -hmm. If at any point you need to increase your sessions or decrease, you can, and we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think if the counselor believes that it's not clinically indicated anymore, I think that's a good telltale sign that you could probably break up with your counselor. (laughs) Um, So I think there's several different ways to approach it. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately the biggest thing is, do you have enough skills and do you have the ability to be good on your own Mm -hmm. um or are you struggling without having that support system so those are really hard questions yeah they are but i think it's important to ask yourself real questions yeah (laughs) i mean that's the point of all this (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely but i think a lot of people avoid that conversation they avoid the real and we have to get real if we want improvement in our mental health we can't just shove it under the rug we gotta Mm -hmm. pick it up examine it look at it search ourselves give ourselves grace and go there we have to a thousand percent yeah so something that you talk a lot about is feelings Mm -hmm. why is important to talk about feelings so first of all i don't believe um that god gave us feelings just for them to sit in trophy cases and for us to admire them from afar oh girl preach preach (laughs) Um, I believe that God has feelings and he has emotions. Otherwise he wouldn't have created us with them. And so first and foremost, I think it was in God's design for us to have feelings and emotions. And Jesus wept. And Jesus wept. Amen. Shortest Bible verse in the Bible. Um, (laughs) but I think Jesus did model that. Um, and I think that God models that as well. Um, I think it's important to talk about them because we all have them. Whether we show them or feel comfortable showing them um, is another thing. But we all have feelings and emotions. God created us to be emotional beings. Um, And I feel like we connect with God in a very different way when we talk about our feelings. When we're able to establish, okay, these are the emotions I'm feeling. God, help me to walk through these emotions or are these emotions from you? Um, and I think it's important to go back, going back to the conversation of introspection, mm-hmm. our feelings do affect us. Whether yeah. we give them credit or not, mm-hmm. they affect us. We learn how to appreciate feelings from a very young age. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've talked about a lot is the emotion of sadness. Like when you think about um, a child crying, 
and maybe it's an un- inconvenient time for a, a parent, mm-hmm. they might hear something like, hush up all those tears. We don't have time for that, right? We start learning from a young age that our emotions can just be shoved down, that they can be hushed, they can be silenced. And I think that is not God's design. I think it's important to express them. I think it's important to talk about them. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to show them. Mm -hmm. Um, Where people get hung up is when they say, well, you're too emotional. You have way too many emotions. And I just challenge Mm -hmm. that conversation because... I think that there's some level where God designed us to have emotions. And mm-hmm. I think what's important is what we do with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I cry for two hours, I'm going to cry for two hours. That shouldn't be wrong. But mm-hmm. yet I think some people see that as suck it up. Like you need to just mm-hmm. shove that away. Just keep going. Just keep going. We don't have time for your tears. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's an importance to tears. Like we see our savior, Jesus, he wept like, mm-hmm. He did that many a times, right? And he let it flow. And so Mm, I think it's important to um, acknowledge them. They are just as important as the pain you may feel in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes those are related to each other, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that God created emotions for us to be able to relate to one another in a different Mm way. Yeah. Do you think emotions indicate your mental health status? To some degree, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the ability to express them also mm-hmm. relates to your mental health status. So maybe not the actual feelings, but what you do with those feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think um, some people express their emotions and expect others to fix their emotions some people Mm -hmm. don't express their emotions and just think well this is just how I was raised so um I'm just gonna keep stuffing them down and I don't think that's what we were meant to do I think we were meant to express them um I I just think there's such an array of ways to handle Mm -hmm. emotions and we're told it's stigmatized and it's told that you're told like, oh, well, if you cry too much, you're too sad. Don't get your sad on me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we like the good ones. We like the happiness. We mm-hmm. like the being elated. We like the joy. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the bad ones, it's like, oh, don't get me. Don't get that on to me because I don't want to spiral down. Or don't bring me down. Don't yeah. bring me down. And I yeah. think we have to realize sometimes life sucks. And life is hard. That's what we're seeing with COVID and Mm -hmm. all of the fatigue and the mental health issues that are arising is Mm -hmm. people are realizing I've been living a life that does Mm -hmm. not fulfill me anymore. And I'm at home with my thoughts that I've been avoiding or ignoring. And now I'm feeling all of these emotions and I have no Mm -hmm. idea what to do with them. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's important for us to acknowledge them. What do you think is the best way to approach, yeah, life and COVID with, as we're sitting with our thoughts or emotions when, um, I know like at work we've had like listening sessions Mm -hmm. with like the company and some people are like, please check in with your extroverted friends. We've never had to sit (laughs) alone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I always think about that because I'm an ambivert, Mm -hmm. so I thrive with whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's been weird just being so introverted like Mm -hmm. the other half of me is like 
I want to talk about things. I want to be around people. And then being married to a very extreme introvert, it's mm-hmm. like, hmm, yeah, I don't know how to go through this. Or, yeah. Yeah, or just like call a friend up or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, what can we do? Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm an extrovert, so I was definitely struggling all through quarantine. Um, and I think I had to come to a place of accepting the reality mm-hmm. of the normal that was now normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with quarantine, sitting with your thoughts, like you realized where you were healthy and where you were unhealthy, hopefully, as you were maybe working still, but maybe realizing like, man, I had a lot of people reach out for counseling right at the beginning of uh, quarantine because they realized like, oh, I don't actually like this family member and all. I wow. have I have trauma Crazy. with this person or all these memories mm-hmm. are coming up because I'm sitting in my room not mm-hmm. doing anything. And I think, you know, wow. all of us are in the same storm. We're not in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some level of empathy that we can really truly have with one another during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people's true colors came out during our pandemic and are only continuing to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so dealing with the world's shared trauma of the pandemic, the elections, the racial tension, mm-hmm. while also being in whatever boat you're in, whether that be you still have a job, you don't have a job, whether mm-hmm. you're at home with an abuser or not, um, whether you're at home with someone who's manipulative and controlling, whether you're at home with someone you love or someone you don't like. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was just stirring up things that were under the surface that people mm-hmm. weren't dealing with. And um, yeah. it's been interesting <laughs> from the counselor perspective, for sure. I am so happy I'm hearing this. Because, I mean, I'm just home working by myself. Yeah. But I've never thought about this time being, I don't know, it's just, it's such a, it gets me excited. I guess, Mm. like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's that we have to face everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of 2020. As much as everyone's like, ugh, 2020. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think God always uses... Um, things to his good I think of the Mm -hmm. scripture beauty for ashes and um, and for some people 2020 has been a ringer for others they've coasted for others it's been a bumpy ride Mm -hmm. I think we've all shared some kind of disappointment in 2020 Mm -hmm. whether that be you had plans that were canceled whether that be you were supposed to be um, a senior graduating and it was supposed to be special and it wasn't whether Mm -hmm. that be um, you have a grandparent in, a, in an um, elderly home and you haven't seen them in several months and that was your life source and your mm-hmm. I mean I've seen like school was a safe place for certain people and they mm-hmm. didn't have that and yeah. I think that there's so much negative that's happened in 2020 but from the counselor perspective I've also seen the growth that some people have um, kind of blossomed uh, into because mm-hmm they're willing to deal with the mess and they're willing to face it and they're willing to say, yeah, 2020 is super crazy, but I need to deal with my stuff because I don't want to take this into 2021. And I think that's a good goal. (laughs) Let's leave. Yes, let's leave 2020 behind us, but let's leave the mess Mm -hmm. behind us, Mm -hmm. the personal stuff that we 
the junk, the clutter, the, Mm -hmm. you know, working eight to five jobs, which, you know, no offense to anyone who works an eight to five job, but how am I connecting with my family? How am Mm -hmm. I connecting with my emotions and myself? How am I connecting with those around me? Do I look up? Am I on my phone 24 seven? Am I, you know, truly connecting with people? Um, or am I doing it for a purpose like validation or, Mm -hmm. um, escape, escaping, you know, Mm -hmm. um, there's so many ways that we can just be grasping on to 2020 and recognizing like, yeah, it sucked, but I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah. So that's so good. Yeah. (laughs) I, I'm always going to remember what you said. We're in the same storm, not the same boat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because 2020, it's the same storm, but mm-hmm. like you said, we're, we're in different boats. Mm-hmm. Some people have thrived in 2020. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen friends lose, uh, lose jobs, mm-hmm. friends having to move back in, in with their parents, or mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to happen next. Yeah. So, And I think yeah. the biggest thing with that is I tell all my clients, and I have a hard time extending it to myself, but this word grace, and you mentioned that offline, mm-hmm. is... We are doing everything we can to make our lives work in some Mm -hmm. kind of fashion. Um, We might have failed in 2020. We might have succeeded. We might have been able to do better than we did. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always going to be a might have, a should have, a could have, a would have, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. But they don't serve you a purpose. The purpose that they serve you can be shame, can be Mm -hmm. guilt, can be fear, can be disappointment can be so many different negative emotions Mm -hmm. um and I think the thing I've been learning about myself is taking day by day and being present and going at the end of the day I did everything I could today to make my Mm -hmm. life work in partnership with God Mm -hmm. in partnership with my family and my friends and I'm going to leave this day with this day and Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it trucking and keep it moving and go to the next day because um 2020 is almost over and I can't even believe that girl it's gonna be November next week I know (laughs) I am so like I yeah yeah me too like just yesterday I was in my home quarantining full-time like Mm -hmm. and now the year's almost over and Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting I don't want to be doom and gloom but people keep saying I can't wait for 2020 to be over because 2021 is gonna be great and it doesn't I, look that way to me. I challenge that because I'm like, what are you going to take into yeah. 2021 that you should have left in 2020? Like how I was telling you offline, like I'm working remotely till summer. Mm-hmm. So the first half of 2021 is going to look like mm-hmm. 2020 for me. Mm-hmm. So that aspect of like, oh, I'm just going to leave 2020 behind. I can't. Like mm-hmm. 2020 is going to bleed into 2021. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, we don't think about how COVID is going to affect us beyond this year. Yeah. Like we think like, oh, once there's a vaccine, then we're done. It's like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Yep. And there's so many aspects of mental health mm-hmm. that I think we'll see yeah. um, years and years from now, the effects of 2020. You know, I hear a lot mm-hmm. of people comparing it to when our grandparents and great grandparents went through the depression and um, different parts of America that were hard or even internationally mm-hmm. that were hard. And I think we're still seeing, I mean, I still see the impacts of the depression in certain people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a generational thing to that, but also mm-hmm. mindsets, you know, yeah. I think 2020 will always be a, a year that 
sticks with me and mm-hmm. I always carry yeah. it as either a way to motivate myself further or a mm-hmm. way to reflect back and realize how far I've come. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't forget 2020 and just wash our hands of it and be like, oh, it's behind us and all that negative stuff is behind yeah. us. I think we have to choose what to bring with us into 2021 and mm-hmm. how to live our lives in spite of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to be more intentional with being around family and friends because mm-hmm. I was running myself ragged, you know, getting yeah. all these degrees. And um, I've been thinking about getting my doctoral going into a doctoral program and I'm like girl bless you (laughs) yeah I'm like I don't know if I should do this if this is out of striving like what does it look like to rest and just like Mm. appreciate the fact that I have degrees and do I really need the third one you know so I think it's important as we go into 2021 to keep that perspective of I'm going to keep it pushing and Mm -hmm. keep it moving but I'm not going to forget about 2020 Mm -hmm. because I want to remember where I came from and also reminding people, you still have two months left. Right. It's not it's over, not over Yeah, it's yeah. not over. We are not done. Yeah. And just like how much you can do in those two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I do remember like, yeah, during quarantine, people were like, what is it? It's like, you could write a novel. You could do this. Mm-hmm. You could do that. And then a lot of people were like, or do nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's been beautiful mm-hmm. is doing nothing. I think, you know, if we relate this to counseling, one of the questions I could see people asking is well where do I start and how do I start Mm -hmm. you know how do I go see a counselor and is it too late or you know is now a good time and I just say start Mm -hmm. you you don't really have anything to lose just start if you've got to start tomorrow if you got to start in December just start somewhere Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's important to just start and have grace for whenever that is um, because some people have started at the beginning of 2020 and some people will probably start in 2021 after the holidays when they realize mm-hmm. this stuff is not over yet yeah um, and their first session it's like so what's going on it's like 2020 yeah. just happened yeah <laughs> 2020 just happened and i'm trying to figure out my life now um yeah it's january 20th uh <laughs> <laughs> yep i'm struggling with the number 20 yeah yeah for sure yeah it's <laughs> so funny um this is such a great conversation so last thing i just want to talk about what are some practical things we could do every day to keep healthy mentally so one of the people i love in the mental health field is dr caroline leaf i love her amazing yeah and um i had the privilege of meeting her and just kind of learning some things from her but one of the things i love about her is just her realness and um she has so many years of research and um just Mm -hmm. so much knowledge um but one of the things she talks about is detoxing your brain Mm -hmm. and spending about 15 minutes a day decluttering your mind and just getting things out whether that be over a voice memo on your phone a note Mm. on your phone writing it down journaling um, journaling, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things I think it's important to be reflective during your day at some point um gratitude uh, is something I feel like the Lord has kind of challenged me with this year, but finding things to be grateful for. There's always mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. Uh, you can be grateful for. And I did some research on this. There's a study that shows that gratitude improves your mood by a certain percentage. It's a huge percentage each day. Um, and so I think it's important to be grateful. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to also communicate the gratitude to the people around you. 
Um, mm. A lot of people yeah. keep it for themselves. Yeah. But I think it's important to reiterate to the people you love and you like and you share life with that mm-hmm. you're grateful for them, you're thankful for them, what you appreciate about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to do the same for yourself. Yeah, I think it's important to have positive self-talk every day. Um, so whether that be as small as I'm, I'm smart and funny or as big as I'm a determined black woman who wants to create change in the world, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, um, to declare positive things over your life every single mm-hmm. day. The other thing I would say is breathing. We don't breathe enough in society because we're always just going, going, going. So I would mm-hmm. encourage people who are listening to this to watch your breathing on a daily basis. When you're having a conflictual conversation, watch the shallowness of your breath um, and breathe. Something, I'm, like breathing, I'm like really conscious of my yeah. breath now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you will be. And you'll notice how much you breathe and you don't breathe. And mm. one thing that I've been trying to do is like, if I'm in a conversation that's really hard, I can feel my emotions stirring, maybe it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. I will literally take a deep breath in before I respond because you're actually mm-hmm. getting oxygen to your brain, which helps you actually think better. Um, <laughs> who would have thought? Who yeah. would have thought, right? <laughs> so breathing is so important every single day. Um, and then the last thing I would just say is asking yourself, okay, here's the things I need to get done today. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what kind of day do I want to say I had? Mm-hmm. And what did I accomplish for this day today um, that maybe wasn't on that list? And being mm-hmm. okay with the results. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times, like, I'm a checklist person, but through COVID, I've kind of thrown checklists out the door, which I don't know how good that might be, but um, I have a task list always in my brain. But sometimes mm-hmm. I have to ask myself, was my day supposed to go the way it went? Um, and maybe my task list would have gotten in the way. Um, mm-hmm. And being okay with how the day turned out, whether it was a good day or a bad day, mm-hmm. um, and trying to resolve that before you go to bed, I think is so important. Ooh. That gives a new perspective to don't go to bed angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I always thought it's like with your spouse, but it's like, no, don't go to bed angry with your day or mm-hmm. yourself or mm-hmm. disappointed. Yeah. And even wow. with, with spouses, my husband talks about this a lot. Like, for him, the understanding of that is within himself. Mm-hmm. Don't You don't go to bed angry within yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. your um, situation is, ang- is full of anger and you're fighting with your spouse or your friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but within yourself, do what you need to do with God and with Jesus before you go to bed and resolve mm-hmm. that with him. Sometimes the resolve is not going to happen that night and needs some time some space um so i i love that perspective on that scripture because i think Mm -hmm. it's important um that we sometimes let things settle and we just resolve it within ourselves with god Mm -hmm. that's important Mm -hmm. so i am like just sitting here like one when my apple watch tells me to breathe don't just dismiss it right do it 100 (laughs) percent And then now I'm like, I need to sit and like process everything. Yeah. Probably have some good journaling time. Yeah. I've always been a journaler um, because I feel like I've always been mentally healthy or at least um, 
since college because of community i think mm-hmm. for me like i needed a good community yeah. to be mentally healthy that's good and like i don't know i like i wrote to my friends and i think um it's really awesome how you said like if you don't have someone in your life that you can go to mm-hmm. a counselor is a great option mm-hmm. um and i'm thinking of like maybe michael and i do need to check out counseling yeah just to learn to talk about feelings a little bit better yeah you know? mm-hmm. and we we're not meant to do life alone. So Mm -hmm, I love that you had community and I think community is so reflective of what God intended for our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and community is so great when we have that, but I think we also need to have those outlets of people who have a new neutral, non-judgmental perspective. Mm -hmm. They don't have all of the history and Mm -hmm. can just take us at face value. Mm -hmm. Um, it's good to have that environment too, to be able to process. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Aspen. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people find you? I mean, I'll tag yes. you and all the things, but like, where can people find you? Yeah, so if anyone's curious, I can only counsel people in Colorado because <laughs> <laughs> I get that question pretty often. Can you counsel me? I live in Maryland. No, I'm sorry. I can't at the moment. Um, but I can counsel you if you live anywhere in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Psychology Today. Search Aspen Hazel, and you should be able to find me there as far as that goes. As mm-hmm. far as Instagram, one of my biggest outlets right now is the Aspen Collective, and I think if you just search the .aspen.collective, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of my outlet for all things mental health, spirituality, racial tension and justice and mm-hmm. which she has things. great things to say about just saying thank you appreciate yeah. that um mm-hmm. so yeah that's where you can find me um i don't have a personal website yet but i have i have the handle. we're declaring it uh, yeah mm-hmm. i have the handle uh, i bought it but i just haven't created it yet so that's in the works well, well once it's out there i'll tag you again perfect <laughs> that's great that's yeah great. i'll put everything in the show notes on my blog on Instagram, all the things. Yeah. This is such a great conversation. I can't wait for people to listen to this. Yeah. So if people have questions, they can mm-hmm. reach out to you on Instagram. Yes. If there's anything they want to clarify. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you want to email me, you can email me at um, ahazel.counseling at gmail.com and just send some questions there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be willing to answer those as well mm-hmm. so so the biggest takeaway just try it just try it just, just try start it. somewhere and just try it um and if you one of my favorite quotes is do it afraid mm-hmm. and joyce Myers said that i believe so do it afraid if you're afraid if this is not your thing just try it mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to try welcome back everyone so how good was that conversation with aspen If I'm being totally honest, I did not edit anything out of our conversation because it was just that good. So if you made it this far, thank you so, so much for listening to the longest episode of Sully Podcast yet. If you have liked this podcast, please share it with a friend. Please rate us and follow us on Instagram at Sully underscore co or find us on our website, SullyCo.com. We would love to hear from you and thanks so much for listening until next time.